Last week, Rob Mercer MLC called on Tynwald to reaffirm its opinion that the meat plant is a significant strategic asset for the Isle of Man, which has been severely affected by a number of changes in agricultural policies over the last 15 years. At the same sitting, Daphne Kane MHK succeeded in persuading Tynwald to acknowledge the global biodiversity and ecological crisis we are currently living through. They join former leader of the Manx Farmers Union, Tim Johnson MHK, to discuss all this and more. Is government serious about food security? Or is it just jam tomorrow? I began by asking Rob Mercer about the Environment and Infrastructure Policy Review Committee's report. I mean, it came out in the debate, the uh, the recent report uh, by Bernie Consultancy. Um, you know, that went into much greater depth than our committee uh, has done in the past uh, because they've, they've looked into the operational aspects as well. Um, and they've come up with a you know a very comprehensive report that really does spell out. It kind of reinforces a little bit some of the findings um, from the original meat plant report, uh, the volume one report, which was published a, a year or so ago. Um, but now, of course, it's it's given a bit more focus. It's given a bit more um, a bit more detail in terms in terms of what needs to be fixed, what needs to be addressed. And Tim Johnson, I, I think you're a member of the committee too, are you? Uh, but obviously you've got some insider knowledge a bit, uh, having been in the agricultural uh, industry and uh, a leader of the, the, the Farmers Union. Um, do you think that the optimistic um, uh, comments that uh, Rob came out with in Timwald, in which he said that there can be a, a relatively unsubsidised future for the meat plant, do you think that's possible? Yes, I think I think that is right. Um I think we have to be realistic and, and say that, um, and remember that this is a, a multi-species plant on a small island. Um, in the UK, you wouldn't get a situation like this. So there are always going to be extra challenges, as we know there are on the island generally. Um, and uh, But I, I'm confident that it, it could be cost-neutral. Um, would it could it could it could it make a profit on a downhill and with a wind behind it on a good day maybe um but i think i think we can see a day where we can be confident that taxpayers money is being put into something that's been well run and and is providing a, an, a, an important service um i think that isn't the case at the moment but i think yes that can happen and Daphne, I mean, you you weren't so much interested in the meat plant, but one of the other crucial uh, plants on the island, processing plants on the island, uh, is Laxey Glen Mill, uh, which is wholly owned by the government. Were you content with some of the answers that you were getting from the the, the various ministers um, in, in the Timble City? I think there was an element of just answering simply what I'd asked and the assurance that the meat plant the uh, flour mill rather has received funding from treasury to replace the fire alarm i think that was a smidge under 60,000 pounds and they had an advance on the subvention of 41,000 about half of that has been paid over so far to the flour mills to keep it operational along with a letter of support so i don't doubt treasury um support for the flour mill the the element that's missing is what is the long-term future is it flour milling on that scale when they've lost 80 percent of their the, the major customer and is it is it viable in a historic building such as the flour mill which obviously is an iconic part of laxey's 
architectural landscape that I feel should be preserved. So I've got two two inquiries out at the minute. One is to the registered building section of planning to say, is this something they could look at for potential for registration to protect the building? But I, I'm, I've also asked the DEFA minister if she would release the report that they've commissioned into the long-term future of flour milling on the island so that we can all understand what that looks like. Does government really understand what food security is? I mean, maybe, Rob, if we started with you on that. Um, that's, that's a great question. I mean, certainly it, it, there's certain elements in the island plan. Uh, I think there, there's a recognition at a high level uh, um, that food security is important. And I think the recent pandemic showed us that, you know, in, in some respects, perhaps we were, we were, you know, we were a bit lucky. You know, the, there was no great disruption to, uh, to global food chain uh, supplies. Um, but there's, there's always that nagging doubt, isn't there, that, well, OK, were we lucky? Um, and, you know, we, we do have the capability to produce, you know, a, a lot of food on the island for, for our population. Um, I mean, I think the agricultural sector uh, play a hugely important part uh, in that. Um, so, yeah, I think from a high level it's there. Um, I'm not sure how that then translates into um, action on the ground. Um, perhaps, you know, that's that's something that the uh, um, the various departments responsible would, would have more comment on than me. Uh, Tim, I mean, you will no doubt have noticed the irony that food security in, in certain um, politicians' minds seems to mean ensuring that uh, the boat sails frequently and that uh, we've got good uh, supplies from the UK. As a former leader of the Farmers' Union and a member representing a largely uh, agricultural area, or one of the larger ag- agricultural areas on the island, are you, do, do you feel that maybe... Uh, there's a misunderstanding as to what food security should mean and perhaps we need to be a bit more focused on Manx stuff or are you content that uh, actually uh, the, wh- what, wherever the food comes from, that's the most important bit? I don't think the, the government has, has really addressed the issue. I mean, I think the easy answer is let's let's invest in, in another boat, uh, MV Arrow. Is, that seems to be <laughs> top of the list as far as food security is concerned. I think for years the government hasn't faced up to the challenges of, of agriculture and, and what it's meant to be about. Um, and we've had the food matter strategy um, and I, you know, I think we all have to welcome the, you only have to go to the um, food and drink festival and see the myriad of, of, of local artists and pr- pr- produce that's on the island, which is great and that's very positive. But that that's not the answer for for commercial agriculture, never has been. Um, I, I think that DEFA have sort of concentrated on that and looked at those easy wins and I don't think they're faced up to some of the fundamental challenges of, of agriculture um, you know average age of over 60 um, you know, if, you, if you're looking at a, at a major industry that, that manages three quarters of the, of the Isle of Man and you're looking at an average age of over 60 any other industry in business you'd be having serious concerns about what that means for the future and I don't think the government are, are really grasping that so I'm, I'm looking forward to their new agricultural strategy that they're coming, coming into the new year I'm concerned, once again, it'll, there'll be a lot of window dressing and talking about the environment, which is very, very important, don't get me wrong, but they're not facing up to some of the big challenges that commercial agriculture faces and whether we actually want to have 
commercial agriculture on the island. Because there's also a difference between self-sufficiency and food security. And yes, we are you know, quite self-sufficient in, in many staples, but people's tastes have changed and people's expectations, what they pay for food, is very different to the reality of what we can produce on the island. So there's some, there's some big questions that, as a society, we need to ask ourselves. Is This is not just about government. This is about consumers as well, about what they want to see when they look outside and do they understand that commercial farming is part of a much bigger much bigger picture, um, but it's a very, very vital part of that. Daphne Kane, I mean, would you have expected government to have done a bit more to try and ensure that we retained mass bread baking uh, capacity on the island? I don't think it's government's job to prop up businesses when perhaps business model and tastes are changing. And cost is a very important factor for people in the middle of a cost of living crisis with all the other pressures on household income. I I think from the farming perspective that it is part of the whole picture, also from a sort of sustainable future point of view. And we need to have very clear picture in our mind and for government in terms of the policy direction of what what is food security, what what are the essentials that the Isle of Man needs to continue to provide in a viable way. So what is appropriate? £41,000 for the flour mill. Well, that's a fantastic operation. And I was fortunate enough to have a tour a few years ago where we saw the new bagging plant that they'd put in a conveyor belt. And actually, it's a really high quality product. And they're pointing out, and yet, you know, why can't they mirror what Isle of Man Creameries has done successfully with marketing cheese products as a, as a quality um, product, artisan product going out to America and further afield, and especially in the UK. You know, why why aren't we successful doing that with the quality meats and the um, flour? And in terms of what's the appropriate size of the plants for the Isle of Man? And that's always been called into question. And I remember back to the original report into the meat plant that there were um, they went out for tender for somebody to operate it. And there was a tenderer that I... I'm still baffled why the DEFA minister of the day, I think it was Mr Baker, why they didn't opt for that instead of putting themselves in to running it with a forever £2 million um, subvention from government. So it's, you know, we, for, from a from a farming perspective, and, and Garth is also largely, you know, agricultural, we want to have a successful farming industry that is rewarding for and attractive for younger people to come into because from a all of us enjoy the the appearance of the island and without farmers we're not going to have that and I think there have been advances with the agri-environment scheme some of that's been successful some of it not quite working for smaller farm holds that right Mr Johnston would know better than I would but it but it's it's all interlinked and we also have to come back to the basics of the local spend you buy local whether that's your food or your products your jewelry it it has a much higher benefit to buy local on island spend and food for for spreading that wealth and and enhancing our food security and i think just the way the way we live generally and and how how you switch people's um habits back to that because Everybody was happily buying laxi flour during the the COVID pandemic and the shortages, but and and also local bread. But suddenly, that's you know there was a massive increase. I think in people baking their own bread, but but we've all changed and gone back to bad habits to what's easy and convenient. And I think that does come down to fundamentals of a food security, not just the staples. How how we get everyone to buy into that. 
you, you mentioned that we've gone back to bad habits, but actually the problem is you can't buy Manx bread uh, from many shops these days. It's a real struggle to find, you know, you have to know which shop to go to and at what time to be able to uh, to, to buy uh, Manx bread. Uh, is, is, would, would you say, Rob, that uh, this is just something that has to be left to the marketplace or does government have a role in, in ensuring that staple products are securely supplied on the island? Well, I mean, of course, we have to, I think it's worth a shout out to, to Noah uh, and to Ross Bakery, you know, two that I, um, I regularly uh, purchase. Um, were, you know, whether they're ever going to be set up to be able to compete with... Um, you know, with the brands that you you see in Tesco, that's a different story. They're not mass; they're more artisan uh, products. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's. I I don't think, I don't think it's for government to choose what, um, what products need to be, you know, on the supermarket shelves. So that's down to consumers. Um, I think that would be a, a complete overreach of government to to make those kind of decisions. And, and, and yet, uh, Tim, um, government invested heavily, particularly in, in the meat plant. And indeed, uh, Minister Thomas was, was happy to take the credit for all the hard work of previous DEFA ministers uh, of getting the money to allow uh, the meat plant to be in, in, in its current condition. Um, there was talk, and going back to my time in, in DEFA, of a combined mill and bakery and a new purpose-built uh, building being built with then uh, somebody from the private sector coming in to, to, to run it for us. Um, that talk seems to have uh, d- disappeared. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's I think what what we have to look at for me is um, when we when we when we're looking at adding value is the key to, to this and working out as a, as a policy, you know where do we want agriculture to be on the island and where's the route to market? I think that's the key. Daphne mentioned the creamery and that's it's done an excellent job of adding value to a product, um, building a story behind it, adding provenance, and then being able to sell that as a, at a premium. Now it's a lot easier to do that with a dairy product than it is with red meat. There's some very strong trademarks in the UK, uh, for example, Scotch beef, uh, Welsh lamb, and they and they they struggle. But I think what we need to do um, is making sure that we are doing all we can to to add value to what to what we're producing and have that story. And what some of the debate last week was about the biosphere and the value of that. And again, I, I've been critical of that in the, in, the, in that. I'm very supportive of the principle of the biosphere, but I think we failed to really get the value out of it. People have been happy to talk off the back of it, but there hasn't been the seriousness and the resource I don't think put into it, because these are the sort of things we need to do to be unique and add value so that we're producing a product that means that then things like talking about um, a viable meat plant and a viable uh, bread industry on the island when you're producing a product that, that's got a premium and has got a value and it's got export potential then you, you, you're starting to talk about something that's sustainable um, because if you know there is a limit to what taxpayers can do and it's and I think it's right that potentially there is investment in this but there needs to be a long-term plan I think people need to see there's value from that because you can justify it over the long period and if you can justify that you can then justify supporting the 
the industry as a whole. But we have to remember about those unique challenges we have on the Isle of Man. If you're in Cheshire and you drive down the A12, farm after farm you'll see bed and breakfast, homemade ice cream, all these things that you can do when you've got a large population. But we haven't got that over here. I think the danger is that the, the department sometimes has, has maybe hoped and felt that other things would come along to fill the gaps, to add value, to help farmers. But there's a limit. We have to understand that there's a critical mass to agriculture on the island, and we have to support that. If, we, if it is to survive and go, go forward, we have to support that critical mass. And that also includes some level of commodity agriculture. Um, because if you don't have the critical mass, you can't, you can't everything falls away. I think that's the thing. And, and Daphne, uh, Kane, I mean, you, you had a motion down talking about the global uh, biodiversity and ecological crisis and asking Tynwald to acknowledge that, which they did. Uh, they didn't um, link it to the biosphere Isle of Man's vision for a sustainable future. Instead, they decided to link it to the uh, 2015 biodiversity strategy. Now, I, I recall when that was going through Tynwald, officers said... Uh, well, expressed privately some concerns about the biodiversity strategy, that it was fine words, warm words, but there was no money to back it up. There was no, uh, there was no, nothing there to, uh, to support landowners, to support uh, uh, the, you know, the, the officers that would be required to actually make sh- meaningful change. Uh, are you generally happy that at least Tynwald supported the, the, uh, the principle? I'm very happy that Timwald unanimously supported acknowledgement of the biodiversity and ecological crisis. Yes, that's a real plus. And I'm happy that DEFA felt that it was more appropriate to support that through the biodiversity strategy. Um, that does have 46 separate actions, I think, thereabouts, last time I checked. Um, but but like you, and both probably biosphere and biodiversity strategy and DEFA generally, in terms of its ecosystems support and its agri-environment schemes, support for sustainable future and where farming is moving and, and our whole land management of the future. Um, Climate Board um, Treasury recently supported a paper from DEFA to have a complete land management plan mapped out for the island. So that will be a great indicator um, to direct people what's the best plant, where's the best place to plant trees, for instance, where's the best place as a salt marsh to be retained and preserved. Um, and I specifically timed the motion for December um, to um, acknowledge COP15 taking place in Canada at the minute um, and the the big headline coming out of there is that they want to achieve 30 by 30, 30% of land and sea reserves protected by 2030 and there were some very encouraging comments by both um, Dr Michelle Hayward who brought an amendment to link us to the biodiversity strategy and the DEFA minister Claire Barber to say that we will have in the future hopefully earlier in next year a full debate on biosphere reserve and obviously wanting to go for reaccreditation in 2026 but also um, coming back to where they're heading with biodiversity and Michelle Hayward gave us an enormous amount of detail about some very rare species that are constantly being rediscovered or rediscovered and registered on the island. So there's a lot of work going on. Yes, we can always have more resources put into it. Perhaps it could be even better. But we have to balance that against everything else that government's doing. But I thought out of all the years I have been in Timwald and battling away, and this this was the bit that got deleted in the amendments from 
declaring the climate crisis in 2019. So I think I've seen government shift enormously towards looking at our ESG commitments and particularly sustainability and climate aspects. So, yeah, I think it was a, a good week for Tim Walton. But Phil, I would, I would say to add to that, I think the, the key here, though, is, 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 to me, the frustration is, is not recognising that what we have is, what we've, is because of the farming practices that have been going on for generations. We do, we're not very good at valuing what we already have and of course, there's always always need to do more, but recognising that the, what we have is of great value, and actually, what we have is produced from agriculture, which is very inefficient in many ways, and it's very challenging. We're, and we're already finding it challenging, but then we don't put then the support in place that recognises that. I think that's that's to me what's quite frustrating. We had a, a very similar discussion, uh, Rob, um, with the fisheries industry, in which uh, a number of officers and um, um, people engaged with with, with the industry uh, spoke and ultimately they said they they spoke of promise you know there was great opportunity for the industry Um, and uh, when when it came to well how much is actually invested uh, I think there was a thirty thirty seven thousand pounds worth of of grants to fishermen now admittedly they, they also provide the um, the the sort of the policing of the fishery were through um, the the department, um, but it's uh, it seemed it it felt a similar sort of debate that we were talking. Uh, actually, government doesn't put enough into this. You know, if it was a brownfield site, it'd be no problem. We'd we'd put millions in, um, but the opportunity from the food production sector doesn't seem to be recognised in the same way. Oh. Take you back um, just slightly to, to your comments earlier about the strategy. You know, the strategy there is there, but the investment is, um, not necessarily following. And I think what came out in the debate yesterday, um, and, and actually, I think prior to that, uh, a year or so ago, uh, Minister Thomas, uh, Chris Thomas, uh, MHK as he was then, and myself asked for an update on how the strategy was uh, performing. Um, and because we were concerned that there was no, there was supposed to be a delivery plan that came along with the strategy and it just never arrived, it wasn't there. So we asked for a half-time report um, and, and that was received into Timwald, uh, I, I forget now, probably 18 months ago. Um, and that did show that even though there wasn't a delivery plan, there were actions being undertaken. And then we heard more of on those points in Timwald yesterday. So that gives me some um, reassurance uh, that that's, that, that, you know, those things are, are, are happening and investment is being found to do some of those things. Um, but I think in that same half-time report, there was a, a lot of um, predicting a future truth. I think a lot of the stuff that was flagged as being green and, and um, complete or on target is actually a promise of something that's going to happen next year or the year after that or the year after that. So we still have to keep our eyes on um, on, on those promises and make sure that they, uh, they deliver. Sadly, um, we are appro- well, we are at the end of the programme. So um, basically the, the message there, uh, Rob, is uh, Blackberry Jam tomorrow. That was Rob Mercer, Daphne Kane and Tim Johnson. 
Is government doing enough to support our struggling food production sector? Is food production too important to be left to the financial markets? Or do you think farming is the same as any other business and should live or die by its profitability and efficiency? Do you agree with Tinwald that we are living through a global biodiversity and ecological crisis? Let me know your thoughts and views on the programme by contacting philgorn at manxradio.com and get in touch if you have any ideas for future shows. Don't forget this programme is available as a podcast on Manx Radio's website. For now though, I'm Phil Gorn. Good thanks for listening. <laughs>